Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. What's up, guys? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. It is a busy, busy Wednesday, as it's been a busy week. Uh, I think today, though, more than anything else, was a lot of uh, sitting around and waiting for nothing. And that's that's the result of the day, for the most part, uh, of what transpired was a whole bunch of nothing, a whole bunch of conversation around a whole bunch of nothing. If you missed it, the OBR did a Twitter Spaces, our first one of those we have done. Maybe we'll get into more of them. I don't know. We're a Twitch company. I think that that's the most comfortable spot we are, but there was a little over 1500 in there at one point. So we appreciate you guys showing up for that huge, huge support for the 50% off promotion at the OBR that we ran that ended Wednesday night. Thank you guys for all of you new subs out there. Thank you for that. We appreciate it so much. All of that money goes back to the people who put in effort on the site. If you did not get in on that, you can still get in on nine ninety nine a month. That's your subscription unlocks all of the two, four, seven website unlocks all of the OBR. Ask the Insider, Rumor Central, uh, locked articles that are of, of of unique content. Also, you get Paramount Plus, $9.99 included, no ads. You get Paramount Plus with it. Take advantage of that. That's If you're already using it, just roll it into that script, subscription and you got all of it. So again, like to make people aware that that is an opportunity that is out there for people who use Paramount Plus and would like to support the OBR in some form or fashion. A lot of things up there today, including... Um, insights on all of the signings, which brought back Anthony Walker, uh, let go of Austin Hooper. We all know those things were kind of looming Two decisions. I kind of thought were going to happen, even though I got real worked up about the Austin Hooper stuff initially when they said they weren't going to cut him, but it came to fruition. I'm stepping in for Steve on the mock draft daily. So check that out. Five different mock drafts that I'm posting there for the next few days. Every day, take a look. The the picks are fluid. We don't know what's going to happen. So we're really not writing out these real long form ones until we get a resolution on where the picks are going to be and all of that. Uh, we'll see what shakes out there. But uh, also, I should note, too, Chris Hubbard signed uh, signed back for another year. So check that out as well. We'll have some things tomorrow on top free agents still remaining, top free agent targets for the Browns that still remain. I promise on everything, this Amari Cooper film room is going to get posted, too. That will be up there as well. So you can see a little more about who he is as a wide receiver, what he can do, alignments, how Dallas used him, how that can translate, and why the Browns are so excited about him because they, they're very excited about him. The quotes today were great. Some great photos from him, uh, his time in Berea. Make sure you check that out as well. Um, otherwise, great guest today. A lot to talk about, I think. Jordan Zerm, the Checkdown. What's up, man? Welcome in. Thanks, man. It's, um, you know, I I was very hopeful that I think we've talked about this on a previous pod, but, you know, the Super Bowl ends and I was like, cool, time to relax. And then <laughs> it's just been zero relaxation. Uh, this has been one of the crazier, just in terms of like free agency and, and signings and um, and all that uh, post Super Bowl, it's been a lot. It's been a lot going on. The NFL never stops, so um, it has been been a ton of activity more more than I can remember in an NFL offseason uh, in a little while. So yeah, it's been uh, it it hasn't really felt like uh, a break at all. It's truly upsetting. It is deep down in their core. I think the Browns want to be boring. They really want that. They would right? like, it's to like be I tell boring, my. Yeah. It's, it's like I tell my wife, I would really like to lose weight. I wish my brain didn't tell me to lose weight. I could just get fatter and fatter and never care. But deep down, I really want to lose weight. So it's always in the back of my mind. I think the Browns want to, I think they want to be boring. They can't do it. They yeah. just can't do it. So, not, in, not in the um, DNA. It's not, man. It's not. And it is as, uh, as not uh, boring, non-boring. 
probably the way to put it, as possible. Before we get there, though, I always like to bring you on a little outside the Browns topic. I just got to ask, is this see rumors of of like Milwaukee or somebody like that poking around Jose Ramirez? Not mm-hmm. that the trade was going to happen or they're denying it, but like like like. I felt like when I read that and the thought of trading Jose Ramirez, if you're not an Indians or Guardians now fan, sorry, but I got to get this out of the way. Jordan and I talk about all, we talked about Cav for a little bit last time you were on. Like, is this the worst rebrand into new? Like they're not, you know, I, I know not everything's new, but the rebrand's new and that's once a lifetime, like once a lifetime. And then they're, so they're coming off of this peak of 16 down, 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 down. Most of the players are gone, leaving, traded, Jose rumors and it's like, man, I'm supposed to get excited about the Guardians baseball team that is now already having floating connections to Jose Ramirez, the lone bright spot in the organization outside of Bieber being traded eventually. And it's like, my goodness, is this the worst you've ever seen a rebrand morale around a rebrand? Like, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, it's I mean, there's no there's no hyper excitement about it. They Really, I think the only thing they did somewhat well was when they um, the announcement became official is when they put out that video that I believe had um, Tom Hanks uh, narrating. Mm-hmm. And that was cool. Like, cool job. Well done. And then everything since then has been either there's been nothing like that's what's I think that's what's so bad about it is there isn't even any like the things that I remember about this rebrand are going to be the, the guardian sign falling down that they tried to install um, <laughs> above the, uh, above the team shop, just crashing down um, onto the concrete. So there was that there. The other thing I'll really reminiscent the, to the, to the go dog pound dis- yeah, disorganization. Yeah, very very right? reminiscent. Uh, the other thing I'll remember is just the lack of like gear that's available. Like I, for Christmas, my dad got me, it's basically like a zip up, like a, a sweater with a like a half or a quarter zip with the Guardians logo on it. But like it looks like it literally, you know, like how like in high school, like if your your team like needed gear, you were like maybe not one of the main sports. And so you just had to like go find like uh, the generic website that was like, we make high school gear for any team. But they have like a, a template, <laughs> like you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um so it's just like they don't have any good gear available. Like there's no there's no like fitted hats available yet or like anything like that. And then yeah, the literally the first rumor that we've heard about anything that they have been doing this offseason, it is yeah, I believe I think it was the main team was the Blue Jays who were poking around today being being like, Yeah, yeah Blue Jays. Is, uh, that what's up with Jose? You guys are gonna trade him eventually? Why don't you just do it now? And it's just like, yeah, man, like what are you supposed to get excited about? And this was such an opportunity for them to take like this rebrand and have that be the focus and like here's new gear here's new promos like here's mm-hmm. uh, like let's do a uniform shoot with all the players it's just like what is going on like yeah i i don't understand it it seems like they had a decade to come up with this and yet they it still feels like they got rushed into it and weren't prepared and it's just like yeah of of any franchise right now in terms of baseball it's there's there's nothing around it and it's um yeah, it's super depressing. I don't understand how it got got to this point, but yeah, that's where we're at. Uh, I got the same quarter zip for Christmas. Actually, kind of <laughs> like it. It's not great. It kind of feels like it. It just you know, and maybe I just like the the quarter zip. But I, I the logo thing is funny. A couple things to add on. You know, it's like I follow some pretty smart people from from when I was with WFNY who covered the Indians. Really smart baseball people. They're like, hey Jesse Winker, go make that trade. Boom. 
Mariners trade. Mm -hmm. They're like, hey, Jock Peterson, you know, really good left-handed bat against right-handed pitching. Boom, signs with somebody else two days later for $6 million. And then the funniest story of all is I see that the Indians, I got to get out of that habit. The (laughs) Guardians are are in in uh in the mix for trevor story and i'm like yeah. are they 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 doing it in crypto like yeah. what are they what are they doing here how are they getting this accomplished because don't, don't they have like a like a 40 million dollar payroll right now it could be even lower than that i don't know but i'm not trying to knock the cleveland baseball team they can't even put the baseball logo on the jerseys i don't think because it's baseball right i think they can't. i i don't even know but yeah it's just like yeah, like any of the names that were floating around, like, oh, well, that would be, you know, wouldn't have to break the bank for that guy. Like, I think with Jack Peterson, like what he ended up getting, um, <laughs> like from the Giants was not, was not that much. And it's just like, yeah, man, it's tough. Um, and I hate when they do that. Yeah, then it's like, well, Trevor Story is a name you should watch. Like, is it? Like, should I actually watch? Should Um, I, though? It is It is very – it's not fun to watch all these teams. And even teams that, you know, are – you could call small market, you know, making moves and and doing literally anything. And it just feels like outside of that brief, you know, when they were really going for it in 2016 and 17 uh, and and even, you know, 18 to an extent with um, Brad Hand. And, you know, they made Mm -hmm. some moves, but, like, outside of those Mm -hmm. – and it was only because they had a really good team and they were making deep playoff runs, you know. That was like the only thing that spurred them into action at the trade deadline. But offseason stuff uh, and trying to build the team up during the offseason has been – it's been like this for as long as I can remember really outside of those those couple of years. And it's uh, – yeah, it's just – they're doing a master class in getting people to not care about the team. That is what I will – that is how you can sum That's it up. That's well said. Yeah. That's well said. I am, I am very cognizant that I am covering a podcast here on the most dysfunctional organization <laughs> in the Cleveland area. Very aware. And I think the uh, Indians slash now Guardians have been the most successful uh, of all of Absolutely. them up there in, in yeah. terms of consistency, you know, outside of LeBron, the Cavs have been up and down, but they're fun now. So just focus on the Cavs, focus on the good that, uh, that can come with the young Cavs and pay attention to that as best you can. Just had to talk about the uh, Guardians. Maybe they figured out, maybe they have a great year. Who knows? But right now I'm like, wow, this is a wild level of uh, of drop the ball. So had to had to broach that with you. We have so much to talk about with the Browns that we're not even going to really talk about much outside of quarterback. That's how, and there's been a lot of moves. Talked about them earlier. Hooper and Hubbard and Walker and all of these guys. But there are there are things here that are happening that are changing the scope of who the Browns are. So listen, you and I have been critical of Baker. I think we've been, I think we've been very fair. Some people might think we have been over, uh, over, over the top in some facets. I've gotten some mixed reviews on some things I've said. I've said a lot of the things to you, Jordan. I said in a podcast with Pete and Nicole at SI's podcast for Pete's sake last week, I just have my stance. And if you don't know it by now, you probably haven't been listening very long. I put it out there that I think Baker's a functional quarterback in the NFL et cetera, et cetera. Here are his deficiencies. I have a hard time seeing him get over them to be in anything above an average to below average quarterback. It's hard to see that for me. So that's well known. And you and I are pretty lockstep on this stuff. So I thought as early as Monday that this guy had every chance to still be back. Like they had said some things that had, had uh, made any Mary Kay Cabot even wrote about those things. And Brad Stainbrook confirmed them, our guy at the OBR that they had said and, and supported the idea that Baker was back. Now, we know that things have changed a situation for Deshaun Watson, which we'll get to in a bit is, is different, a different place than it was Friday before the grand jury situation and things adjusted on the fly. Now that means there's a couple things here. I want to get into with you right off the rip here. Like 
the letter baker post. So the letter baker post to me, I'm sitting here Tuesday night, kind of chilling, writing up some things for the next day. And I'm like, oh my God, this changes everything, right? Changes everything. You read it. Basically he's saying it was good. Well, it lasted Cleveland and it's, it gave off vibes of not, Hey, if Deshaun doesn't come here, if they don't get that guy, then I will still be your quarterback and blah, blah, blah. That wasn't the tone. The tone to me was we did a lot of great things. I appreciate your support. See where it goes next, but pretty much I'm gone. And I don't know how you can read that any other way. So it's twofold, right? Is is Baker, I think it's a completely ridiculous thing to put out before a trade has happened. He has every right to be in his feels about it. If they didn't tell him, if, if we're to believe is true, Jordan, that they didn't tell him they were going to talk to Deshaun, I get it. You can be in your feels. I think that's lacking self-awareness for a better quarterback uh, on the market. Uh, and again, we'll talk about the stuff outside of that here in a little bit, or we won't. We'll just address my angle on it until the time comes. We have to talk about it. But like for Baker not to think that they're going to look at Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, if he had gotten that, that situation sort of semi-figured out, to me, again, speaks to what you and I have talked about a lot, which is a lack of self-awareness. Like they were clearly going to talk to uh, upgrades. And there's a whole bunch of layers to that that comes with it, but they were going to talk to them. So like my twofold angle here is, is he is he is he right to post this letter and then like are the browns dropping the ball with mayfield in your opinion in terms of if he's the fallback quarterback if some things don't pan out like are the browns wronging him and was what do you think of his decision to write that letter yeah i i think i'll start with the letter first because i just i don't understand the purpose of it you know because there wasn't really anything to I, I just didn't understand it it's like either you're writing a letter to say hey you know i've just i've made up my mind like i don't appreciate um them going after deshaun and and looking at other people and i just think like my time with the organization has come to an end okay there's a reason to write a letter or it's hey um you know i understand this is how the business is but um, I'm still looking forward to, you know, coming back and winning the starting job and, and playing in Cleveland. Cool. There's a letter for that too. But like his letter was just somewhere in this vague middle where it's like, this isn't a secret message and nothing's really changed, but I just want to say that uh, I've given it my all. Like, I just don't, what, it's I not don't normal, know. Jordan. No, it's, it's not, like, it's, what it's is not normal. The, Nobody what else is, does that. What is the point of, of this? Did you just feel like, you know, he does the whole, he made the, this big thing about like, I'm not going to be on social media and all that, but actually here I need to come in and write this letter that like is, doesn't really have anything to say, but I'm so just very strange. And like, again, um, and you know, we'll probably touch on this, but like a lot of the reporting that uh, some came out today from specifically from Chris Mortensen was this idea of the Browns looking for an adult in the quarterback room. And while, um, that is a sort of harsh characterization. And again, like, I don't know who, I don't know if a, a, a guy in the Browns organization actually used that word to Chris Mortensen, if that's him sort of um, maybe editorial, editorializing a little bit to what he's heard. But obviously there is this sense that Baker's sort of emotions and his sort of tendency to allow his emotions to dictate a lot of certain things what he does both on the field and off the field and like this letter is like a very prime example of that where it's just this isn't it's unnecessary and also yeah just very strange timing with it so one the letter to me just didn't really make any any sense and i i couldn't help but laugh when he 
decided that he needed to also put his middle name in the signature for reasons that are like, he's so dramatic with this stuff, you know, like that's the other thing. It's just like, bro, you are so dramatic. Um, I think Jordan, I think he's right to be offended. You can be offended again. Absolutely. And I was, it's, it's right. It's right. I think he could be offended. Cool. And I think you agree. I just want to throw one little caveat out there. You're not alone, bro. People have replaced quarterbacks, both, subliminally and in actuality, a guy that the Browns are going to talk about, we're going to talk about in a minute, the Browns might pursue is Jimmy Garoppolo. They drafted a guy. They, 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 they were outwardly drafted. Like they have done many things. This guy took him to a Super Bowl and was on the cusp of winning it and all these other things. It's like, I get, you can be mad Baker, but to go public with that in the middle of what is deemed your air quotes, social media break, like what really? No, I, I, and I think that's what I was, I was going to say too. Like, yes, he has every right to like be upset and feel like the organization doesn't believe in him. And if it is true that they didn't really broach him or his team about, which like part of me is is still skeptical about, but if it is true that no one said anything to him or his team that, Hey, we're going to, you know, take a meeting with Deshaun, um, then yeah, like I, I, I would understand if, the reporting about him wanting to be traded and him having destinations be available, I would fully understand that sort of mindset. But I, I think on the flip side too, with him, it's like, he also, I'm sure understands how poorly he played last season. And, and as much as, you know, I'm sure the injury stuff is a talking point for him. I think he also understands that like where his standing with the organization right now is not where it was after last season, you know, like it, it wasn't where it was after they made a playoff run and he was playing some of the best football of his career. Like it's not what it is. And we've had a full year and, and the results are what they are. So I, I can't imagine he's naive enough to um, not think, like you said, that they would go out and look for an upgrade. And that's just also the business of it, man. Like you're also on your, your, what your contract situation is like, there have been signs from the Browns to him about this whole time where it's a lot of it. It's been prove it to us, you know, like, that's been that's why they never gave him the extension and that's why um they still haven't you know broached that topic with him so it's like he's a smart guy i can't imagine he's that naive about this type of thing so um yeah i guess you know like in summation are the browns wrong are the browns wrong in your opinion for how they're handling this now again this is hearsay jordan they might have actually who knows maybe they did reference that hey we're going to look at upgrades and he was supposed to know this but the whole thing was like reported today too. The Browns never let Baker know they were going to talk to Watson. Do you, did you get the vibe of that was wrong from them to do that? Um, I don't know if wrong is the word I'd use. I mean, obviously, you know, and this is something we don't, we won't go too deep into, but the what's go, what's going on with Watson and everything that will follow him for the rest of his career is, um, I think you and I have expressed a little bit of surprise in that specifically Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski would be as sort of gung ho about this sort of all out full court press that they seem to be putting on for Deshaun Watson. So that in combination with if they did not sort of give Baker a heads up and, and he found out about this on social media as what was reported today, um, I'm not sure wrong is the word I'd use, but I would say that's uh, probably not the best way to handle business. Um, and, and you would hope that, you know, as someone like Andrew Barry, who I look at as like one of the most professional people in this entire business and a guy that, that seems like he has the type of relationship with his players that they would sort of have this open line of communication. Um, but I, I do think, and, and maybe this is where we go next, but I do think Jake, like it, 
the relationship between Baker and both the coach and the front office, I think is much, much worse than even you and I maybe assumed. And you and I were on probably at the farther on that end than a lot of people were um, in terms of, Hey, like there's some stuff going on, you know? Um, so I think there's a lot that we don't know and we don't know exactly like, yeah, like have Baker and the organization even really had any productive conversations since the end of the season? They've said it in press conferences that they've talked. Have they actually talked or have those talks been a text message, you know? So um, I think the optics of it are not great um, with the Watson stuff in terms of both going full court press and if, yeah, they didn't, they didn't keep Baker abreast of it. I think they absolutely should have done that. I think he's, he's earned at least that. But wrong, I don't know, man. Like the the NFL is just like you look at what happened with Bobby Wagner, where he's tweeting about, you know, I, I found out that I was being released through social media, and he was a yeah. staple of that Seahawks defense and of that team and of that city. And this is just like the stuff that it sucks, and it shouldn't be like that. But man, it just seems like it's sort of like how business is done um, a lot, especially in the NFL. So I I guess my answer is it doesn't feel great. Um, if the reporting is true, wrong feels a little strong to me, but I will say, yeah, they probably could have handled it better if indeed they didn't say anything to to Baker initially before taking this meeting. Yeah, it's tough because like even Matt Ryan's, one of Matt Ryan's relatives had said the same thing uh, in response to, I saw that. Yeah. I think there was a, yeah, there was a report out there that, that the Falcons have told Matt Ryan that they were meeting with and that that wasn't true either. I, again, it's all hearsay. We don't really know, but that's like the thing you're running into here is, is what's standard protocol to team? Then you're right. That's a good point about the Wagner thing and all the. A lot of guys find out through social, and and people can't get face to face meetings quick enough, or they don't care. They just don't care. You know, the same way and, you say it's business, they view it's business, right? You know. Yeah, it's and just, the, and one thing, one other quick point I wanted to make is it something where they don't tell a, a player because they don't want to lose any sort of leverage. I mean, I think obviously like the, that reporting that they were meeting with Watson was going to come out regardless, but is it something that they wanted to get their name in there before other teams sort of realized what they were doing? You know, it's just mm-hmm. a, you know, this is, it's, it's a game, man. It is a game and it's about leverage and all that stuff. So yeah, there's a ton of factors into it that, that we don't know. Um, it is obviously I, I would hope would be handled better than how it's been reported, but um you never know, man. This stuff happens very quickly. As as you and I both know, things change in an instant and you have to, you know, they felt like they needed to, to make a move on Watson once um, the grand jury stuff concluded. And, uh, and that was a very quick process. So that's where we're at. Yeah. What's the phrase? Two wrongs don't make a right. You know, yeah. that, that I think that like if the, if the Browns screwed it up and uh, they would get crucified for that, if a report came out like we saw today that they are getting crucified, I think Diana Rossini said something about that. Um, then you, you don't, you don't have to make the, 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 the statement you did Baker. Like you don't have to do that. You don't have to do it. That also is a wrong way to approach all of that too. You know, you're trying to get put. The only thing that comes from that is getting public opinion in your favor. There's nothing else that comes from that. So uh, you, you might not have a problem with it, guys, if he's what he posted, but I've never seen anything like it from an active contracted player uh, based on rumors or, or, or conversations that are out there about if the Browns hadn't talked to him, they really are just reports, you know? So like it takes a ton. It's pretty brazen to put that out there. It's essentially saying 
I want to be moved. I want to be traded. He wanted and that to, has been behind the scenes, right? You know, yeah, he like, wanted to say it without saying it. That's why, like somebody, yeah, I went to exactly. a, I went to a concert last night, and I so I I left work and I had put my phone away. I walked over this this concert venue is very close to where my office is. So I walked over, had my phone in my pocket. Um, I get into line um, at the concert, take my phone back out, and a friend of mine had texted me this Baker thing, and I click on it, and I. Like looking at it, I was like, oh, is he he's demanding a trade, right? Like that's what I thought it was initially. And then I read it and I was like, what is this? So he was tiptoeing around it. And that's why, yeah, like you said, I've never seen anything like that where there was no demand or no like like definite thing that he said in there. But it was also like, but you are, you're like breaking up with them without breaking up with them, you know, just this yeah. truly one of the stranger, one of the stranger things that I've seen involving a, a Cleveland athlete. Especially a guy who said he was staying off social media. That's another yeah, add on yeah. to it. It's like, it's like to me, you want, you, I know that most, and some people listen to this pod do run to his defense and some people don't. I, and I hope that I get listeners on both sides of that fence. But if you're sitting there wondering like, why does Colin Cowherd go after him? Why does, uh, why, why does Mike Tannebaum go after him all the time? Why does Steve Smith make the statement Steve Smith made today? Why do all these guys go after him? what's the phrase? Like, there's your sign. Like this isn't a normal, what he did was not a normal thing. What he has done in situations dating back to the Duke Johnson public, the public thing about Duke Johnson's contract and you're on the trainer off, which came back to blow up again. Perfectly. Unbelievable. The long, the long con or not con, the long play by Duke Johnson is just incredible stuff that he, it was 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 just for him to, have the perfect gift ready to go is just, oh man, something else. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, he, but that's what I'm saying. Like you, you, this is, this is who he is. You can be this type of guy. You can be this type of guy who goes to after home games and quotes Kanye lyrics the whole time or outcast, or uh, he can be, you can be a, a, a dickhead to the local media after a loss or not show up after the lions game or be short and be curt and be all these things. That's cool. But you got to be a dude. Or people see through it. Aaron Rodgers can be that way because Aaron Rodgers is a dude. You have to be a guy like that to get respect for the the, the things you'd woke up feeling dangerous. Those things that a lot of people over the years were like, this is the corniest stuff I've ever seen. And we're like, nah, man, that's Baker being Baker. It's all good. It's like eventually you start to lose people. And I think that's where it's come. I don't think anybody in the Browns serious decision-making realm said the whole being an adult thing. I think it felt like more a lot, like you said, uh, Jordan was was tied into a lot of things he read. Maybe he read some things or heard some things about immaturity, so on and so forth, and yep. projected it that way. But it's dicey. I, I told you off air before we came on. Monday, felt pretty good about him being back. Just thought that it was going to be the most realistic outcome. Tuesday night, it's done. I just don't, I don't see a great path. Now, again, like you said, can he... Can this whole thing not come through for all these other options? At that point, what do you do? There's nothing left to do. You show up, you do your job, you play out your contract, and if you ball out, the Browns didn't mess it up to the extent that they can't franchise tag him. The Browns still, the ball is in the Browns' court. They control his movement in every in every way. He has to come back and play. He will not sit out for the sake of losing money. He can demand a trade all he wants, but the Browns own every part of the situation here. So like it or not, the way the Browns went about it, this is still a situation Cleveland largely controls, whether the Watson thing happens or not. And we're going to get into that in just a second. Quick break from our uh, and a check in from our sponsors. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so we have to talk about Deshaun Watson, Jordan. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the thing I've done for the week. I'm not talking about the person. I'm not. I'm not doing it until I have to. And I, this is a podcast. It's called Film Breakdown. I am not here to give judgments, to talk about personal experiences, to do anything about that. You have a way you feel about it. I have a way I feel about it. And I don't think it really matters for this show. I think it's pretty obvious what's out there, the way that that it looks, the optics, all of it. It, it, it. I'm not again, but I'm not going into it. I, I, this show is not for that. What we're talking about here is the quarterback, okay? And the quarterback is an immense upgrade. It's not a doubt about it. I, I don't. I don't think there's a single doubt about it. You can argue with me on that if you want, Jordan. But I. I, I mean, he is a fantastic on-field football player, and I think before this stuff came out uh, that he is he has put himself in these these uh, terrible situations here with his decision making. I actually thought. I was okay. Let me say this. I was stunned when it came out because his answers and press conferences, the way he would go into football detail, mm-hmm. the way he would be, be very, uh, very open and honest about the, the things on the field, what was happening. Uh, I've always been amazed by how he's done that. There have been some great clips of him over the years, like breaking down quarterback thought process to people. Uh, so, so when this came out, very, very alarming to me again, and I'm not here to make any judgments about this. And I know Jordan's not either. We're just talking football player. So on the field, big upgrade, they're swinging for it. Not a doubt about it. We'll see what the package ends up being. I'm sure it'll be leaked. Even if they don't get him, it will be leaked. Um, but then people are saying this, Jordan, if they don't get Watson, oh my God, what a disaster. Oh, how, how terrible, uh, there no plan. Okay. Let's go through that. Right. They don't get Watson. They have three options, actually four. Okay. You have Matt Ryan. If the, if, if Watson picks Atlanta, he wants to go to the Georgia bubble and and stay there. You have Matt Ryan. That's every bit on the trading block that the Browns would be very interested in for a two or three year stopgap. You have Jimmy Garoppolo uh, out in San Francisco who could uh, be, I I very much think that that's the most plausible outcome. 
uh, because you don't have to give up a ton to get him. And then both of those guys are in mid twenties, what the cap number would be because Ryan didn't get his restructure done in time. Uh, that didn't get submitted. So he's still in his old setup until this Watson domino falls. And then uh, Derek Carr, which feels like a bigger, uh, a bigger give up. Some things would have to be given up and a big contract would be looming for him uh, because he's close. And then outside of the free agent market, Winston Mariota, some of those guys, which you're not going to get into. It's also just like bringing Baker back. So, I, would, I think it's funny that people think like, man, what a disaster. It's a disaster, disaster, disaster. And it's like, is it though? Is it really? Is Jimmy Garoppolo that – is Jimmy Garoppolo worse? Is Matt Ryan, who had a far better pro football focus season last year, was the same? And Baker's best year of his career, similar. Uh, I think he was just two spots in passing grade behind Baker Mayfield in 2020. Obviously far superior in 19 and 18. Like we're, we're really sure about that. You really think that Derek, you think Derek Carr is a downgrade? Like, I just am like, are people, oh, let me ask you this. I'm, I'm trying to get to the phrase of uh, the phase of mind or, or thought process of people. It was a totally botched statement there, but like trying to get to where people are like, this is an absolute disaster. There are still options to go attack and be as good, if not better than what we've seen from Baker. Now, is it tied to like the, there's not a certain future for Garoppolo. There's not a certain future for Matt Ryan. There's not a certain future for some of these guys that people start to think it's a, is that I'm like, they won eight games. They had terrible quarterback play last year. You just get average to above average quarterback play. You're looking at 11, 12 games, playoffs, real. That's all I'm looking for. I am not, as I sit here and think about it, when the Baker thing happened, it's like a relationship, right? I said yesterday, it's like a relationship that ended and you knew it had to end. You didn't know it was coming. It happened quicker than you thought. And you kind of sit there with that blank stare on your face. But the next day you wake up and you're like, you know what? Not uh, not bad. Not as bad as I thought. Uh, not as bad as I thought. And I started to think about it, and I'm like, some interesting options here, man. Interesting options. So I just want your thought on that whole reaction of, like, if they don't get Watson, it's a disaster. So the table is yours. I talked enough. <laughs> yeah. No, I I think what, where I come from, too, is, like, regardless of the Watson stuff, say Watson had been indicted on criminal charges and was going to go another year without playing for anybody. And the Browns were still going to exhaust every option to upgrade the quarterback position. Like I, I, I don't think that there was any doubt about that, uh, especially you and I, but I think as we continue to go on, you would have seen and heard that the Browns were looking at various options to upgrade the quarterback position. I, this is, I think this has been the plan all along after the sort of disaster of a season that they had with, with Baker playing at the, at the level that he did. Um, so regardless of the Watson situation, I think the Browns had already sort of weighed the risk reward between going out, looking at other options while Baker probably gets wind of it and is not thrilled about it, but would he be so upset to the point where, yeah, where he makes it makes life tough on them. He tries to demand a trade, all this stuff. I, I think you have to, you know, weigh the risks and rewards. And I think the, the reward for going out and like you said, even getting somebody like a Jimmy Garoppolo, somebody like a Matt Ryan, where that upgrade is instant, just getting decent quarterback play for a roster that now has Amari Cooper uh, that, you know, they could, if they add another wide receiver through the draft, whatever it may be, a defense that's going to get better um, as their, as their rookies step up and play better. Like they, they have a roster that we, we talked about all, all season long where you just needed average quarterback play. So I, I think the only way this would be a disaster would be if they swing and miss on every single 
you know, backup plan now, like, okay, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't happen. Okay. Derek Carr is staying with the Raiders. Okay. Um, whatever, you know, whatever other option, Matt Ryan, you know, he's okay. He's resigning with the, the Falcons for another year, like whatever it may be. But I think they have, um, Andrew Barry has specifically to me is is smart enough where he has sort of mapped out every direction that this thing could go. And they have assessed exactly, Hey, what happens? Okay. If we swing and miss on this guy, what do we do? Okay. What happens if this doesn't happen? What do we do? So like to think that they just were like, okay. Oh, Deshaun Watson is available right now. Let's go, let's go do it without thinking through anything behind that. They've been doing research on, Deshaun for a long, it sounds like all season from, from some of the reporting that came out. And I would have, I would be shocked if they uh, had done anything less than done, you know, enhanced research on him the entire season to prepare for a moment like this. So yeah, like to think that there isn't some sort of plan in the works, I, I feel like is, is again, a pretty naive thing for an organization that has finally proven itself to be fairly smart when it's come to decision-making ever since um, they hired Barry as the GM and Stefanski as the coach. So I would, I would be shocked if they are just sort of hanging their hat on Deshaun Watson. They're not, that's an absurd thing to do when there are four to five teams that are vying for him when maybe he might be suspended by the NFL anyway, regardless of anything that happens. So um, I think truly the only disaster is you whiff on everybody and Baker is so upset by how he, uh, perceives he's been treated by the organization that he refuses to play or demands trade or does something. But I just don't, I think, like you said, like Baker has so much to prove that I, I think after a cooling off period, like Jake say the, the Watson signs with somebody else. And again, they either decide, okay, maybe Jimmy G's not worth it. Maybe Matt Ryan isn't worth it. Let's try to smooth things over with Baker. There's always a cooling off period. And there's always a period where after emotions sort of settle down and, and all this stuff clears up and you go through like the next couple months of the off season that there's opportunities to reconnect and talk and say, Hey man, like, listen, we did what we had to do from a, um, a team building standpoint. This is how we felt. We st- like, if you still think, and we still think you can come out here and prove it on a, on a, this sort of one year option that you're left on, then like, let's go do it. And so I would be, it is such a small percentage chance that, um, they they miss on everything and then Baker is just furious that that's the risk reward that I think they've been weighing this entire offseason and, and for maybe the back half of the season. I think they came to the conclusion that it's well worth it. And it would be silly to come to that conclusion without having multiple sort of backup plans in place. So I, that's sort of how I feel about that. Yeah, I th- it's kind of when when people like today freaked out about Miles Jack signing with the Sealers. And it's yeah. Like, oh, Larry sitting on his hands too busy. It's like. They're not signing Miles Jack. They're not spending sixteen million on a linebacker. Do do we un, do we understand that? Like one of my it, least favorite things about Twitter and uh, like free agency is the people that get really upset that the the player that they decided they wanted and they decided the Browns should sign or who or the Cavs should sign or whoever doesn't get signed and then they just are so up there. I can't believe how could they not be in on this guy. How could that, you know, it's just like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you got attached to a player and just decided that you wanted him. And now if they don't sign him, that means the organization wasn't doing anything. Like I, that has become my least favorite person and slash people on Twitter because they exist and they're everywhere and I can't stand it. It is, it's a, it's a very prevalent, uh, a prevalent thing. And it's, it's just kind of, it's like, what do you, you can, you know how they construct this thing. They just brought Anthony Walker back earlier today. They don't spend at that position. 
you know, can you try to see their point of view? Right. You know, but, but back to your point about, about the quarterback thing, I think they have like, these guys sit around all day and map out their off season. They have like eight plans in place here for the start of it is Watson, or maybe they even started by like tossing around an offer to Seattle for Russ. Like who knows? We don't know. So like, there's all these angles they're taking and to think that like, well, Watson doesn't work out. Now they're screwed. They have a plan after the Watson domino falls. It will be a fast process. A bunch of guys, I think they're looking at their cap, holding on to, to figure out, you know, do we have to provide 34, 35 million in cap space to bring this guy in? So there's, there's going to be a rapid movement of things that happen here. And I just think we need to sit back and give them an opportunity to, 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 to do their thing. Um, and even if they do sign Watson and you don't believe in that and, and you're more than justified in not believing in it, I think that Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski seem like pretty good dudes. I would like to hear their reasoning. I would like to understand their thought process. I would like to to get to the bottom of that, right? I think I've talked to some people, Jordan, who said they're out. They will never support the Browns again, and that's fine. You're totally in the right to do that. I have this as my job. I can't just give up the team, but um, I just I just want to give, like any scenario, I want to hear out perspectives, so I want to figure out, uh, where they're coming from and then we'll go from there it's like everything you know and yeah. it ties back to baker too jordan like if if this you're talking about a great point about the cooling out process if they don't decide hey the price on jimmy's too steep Derek carr is not actually on the market we don't love the idea of matt ryan here we don't think it's worth giving up assets to go get him we're just going to try to get it right with baker you know i think maybe they think they can do that and ba- as far as baker's perspective oh amari cooper oh garrett wilson oh you know like this isn't half bad. I can still prove myself in the NFL and just play on the tag. You know, like if he plays on the tag, he's making $37 million for a year, right? Like it could be more. I don't even know what the tag is, but like, Hey man, go ball out. No one's stopping you from doing that. Go do it. Just go, go do it. So, um, I just wanted to kind of express with this show today, Let's not overreact one way or the other. To the, I think you can overreact one way that's justified the Watson issue. But if he doesn't decide to come to Cleveland, let's not overreact. Let's see the plan out. Let's see the plan out, right? Let's just see what, what comes of it. That's kind of where I'm at, man. I'm there too. And I think this is the last thing I'll say on this. Is, this is what frustrated me so much about um, when we talked during the season and as we were coming to a close and you and I were like, of course they're going to look for an upgrade. And, and a lot of people um, – as you and I know, through a lot of our Twitter mentions, did not believe that the Browns would ever do such a thing and couldn't understand why, you know, Baker's the guy. They're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. Like it was all of the writing was on the wall uh, that this exact scenario was going to play out. Maybe Watson was not involved, but like just in general, I think you have seen through reporting and the stuff that is starting to trickle out about how both I think Stefanski and Andrew Barry have sort of felt about Baker and sort of felt about last season. Um, was that we need to look for an upgrade uh, because this was a disaster. Like flat out, it was a disaster. And we don't know what kind of quarterback Baker Mayfield can be even when he's healthy. Is he good enough? And so like, that's where I always got so frustrated was the the people that just thought this was like some blasphemous thing to say that the Browns would go out and try to upgrade the, the quarterback position. Um, and that's where I always, yeah, really got just frustrated with everything is because like, we all watch the season and we're watching the AFC become just absolutely loaded everywhere. Like year by year, it is the AFC West is out of control. You know, like these are teams that the Browns are going to have to compete with 
Um, and they have the roster to compete with them, but they don't have the quarterback right now. And so it's, of course, like the Browns brass is going to go out and flip over every stone and leave nothing unturned and try to figure out if there's a better option for them at quarterback while they have Amari Cooper and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and whoever they take in the draft and this defense that is still pretty young, but is going to, you know, you're going to have to make choices about people getting paid and all that, but is, but is a very good defense right now. and should only be better. Like this is, you know, their window is, is now and it's, and it's going to be tough to compete with some of these teams without, you know, without, like you and I said, just average quarterback play. So uh, this is always where it was headed. Um, and I, I think you and I, this is not a surprise to us. Um, but I think that's why the, the sort of discourse around it was always so frustrating because there was always this idea that, no, it's Baker no matter what. And it's like, I think you guys are going to be in for a rude awakening because we know, you know, what the window is, what the roster is, uh, where they can compete and how good this team can be. We, we've already seen it, but they just need to be assured that they're going to get the type of quarterback play that can get, get them back to the playoffs and beyond. And um, I think that's what you're seeing right now is – uh, exactly that. They're out there. They're looking, and it may come back, and Baker may get another shot as a healthy quarterback, and and another year in the offense. But he also may not. So it's uh, it's fascinating, man. It's just, but yeah, you take the Browns, and then you combine it with Baker and his tendency to do this type of stuff, and you get just an absolute, just a <laughs> a headbutting of wild stuff. So it was never going to be quiet. You know, it was never going to go quietly. This was always going to be one of the bigger storylines. And um, I hope that we have some clarity tomorrow, Jake. I really do. I'm ready for, I'm ready for dot for dominoes to fall, whatever they may be, because the holding pattern is almost worse. Yeah. Holding pattern is terrible. I, I, I've seen some float that it could get to the weekend and I'm like, Oh uh, my God, uh, just get it over with, rip the bandaid off, whatever that decision is. And let's try to move on and formulate things. And I would just tell people, you know, you're like, uh, this is a disaster, right? I, 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 a lot of people have come around to like, I, I can understand the upgrade. I get it. Look at the AFC quarterbacks like you just talked about. If they don't get it, you know, where's the upgrade? Let, let's just like, if they don't get the upgrade that they're going after, I still think there are some upgrades out there that might not cost as much, at least the same level of play without the background history of drama that we have seen now uh, between the player, the coaching staff, the front office, all of it. And that in and of itself, average quarterback play and less chaos around the organization yep. would go miles for a team that still, as we get further away from the season, I'm kind of blown away that they won eight games. So they're that like just I, I just would hold off on all of your disaster takes. That's all I'm saying. It's all I'm asking. You still want to label it a disaster? You do you. But I just think that's a little wild. Let's see how it plays out and uh, give these guys a chance to sh you know, show their plan. So fun stuff today, Jordan, man. Great conversation. Wouldn't rather do it with anybody else, man, because I think the perspectives are, are really strong. So appreciate you. I know everyone listening appreciates you as well. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. Of course, always, always fun to come on. And yeah, I mean, it's an important time. You know, this is a, a <laughs> whatever decision is made is. I'm going to have a huge impact on on the Browns' future in in a lot of ways. Um, so it is a as crucial of a sort of off season and and quarterback decision as as we've had here since probably the drafting of Baker Mayfield himself. So um, yeah, man, just I, hang in there, and we will uh, we will see what tomorrow brings, and uh, if not tomorrow, then certainly in the next couple of days. 
Right on, man. Well said. Well said. Thanks again, Jordan. We uh, we obviously appreciate his time. Appreciate you guys listening, checking out the OBR. A lot of stuff coming. Talked about at the beginning of the show. Some, some good things coming into uh, uh, the draft content. Good things coming into free agent film breakdowns. All of that. Keep your eye out. Appreciate the perspectives that we have seen online. The perspectives that uh, a lot of people come back and forth with me. I think it's been really, really interesting stuff. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of chaos and a lot of stuff on social that you're not loving right now. And I, and I understand that. I just would. Uh, I try to. I just try to be respectful of perspectives other than mine. See perspectives outside of my own. I really try to do that in life. So I hope that I'm giving off that impression to you, the listener. So thanks again for listening to today's show. Appreciate you supporting the OBR Twitch website and this podcast so, so much. Check out that $9.99 offer that I talked about at the beginning of the show. You will not regret it. Thanks to Jordan again for joining us. You guys have a fantastic, uh, fantastic Thursday as it just hit midnight on this recording. Have a great Thursday. Stay safe. Be well. And go Browns. (laughs) 